0: love talk radio
1: good morning my friends out there you are listening to the winning book radio show off the shelf and we want to welcome you to our saturday september the 17th show can you all believe it's the middle of september already and we have a wonderful author and her real life experiences and the miracles that have happened in her life which she shares in her book it will truly, truly bless you. So you've come to the right place if you were looking for the a great way to kick start your Saturday. Before we begin, this is something I started doing several shows ago. I just wanna put a thought just drop a thought into your your spirit. And the thought is from Pablo Picasso and the thought today is action is the foundational key to all success. Don't we 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 love to daydream, don't we? And listen to motivational speeches and read, but we don't want to take action. At some point, if we want a result, we have got to take action. So again, the thought is, action is the foundational key to all success, and that's from Pablo Picasso. And next, I want to introduce you to my new book, Love Pour Over Me. If you are one of those mystery sleuths, you like to try to figure out what happened, or who did what in a story before you reach the end. And if you also value relationships and love, and who doesn't? That's our core love. In Love For Over Me, you get to see how Raymond, when he goes to college, he's an academic and an athletic standout. He meets his soulmate, but he also meets four friends, and they are very of different backgrounds, but how all of them – Help to shape each other and lead each other into their destinies. Particularly Raymond and Brenda, and Raymond and his father. His father is a, a un, has untreated alcoholism. They have a very complicated relationship. You get to see how they their interactions change each other. That that relationship aspect reminds me of the movie The Notebook. If you've ever seen that, if you value mystery and relationships, I encourage you to get a copy of Love for Over Me and going back to action, not just thinking about it. You won't get to enjoy the story if you don't actually get it, and, and not just get it, but read it. And you can get Love for Over Me in print and ebook format. It's at ebookit.com, it's Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com. You can also get it through uh, our website at com C-H-I-S dot com, And I encourage you to go out and get a copy and let me know how you enjoy it. And thank you for your support. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our guest this morning is Janice Ray Sanders, and she joins a long line of, uh, we've just been so blessed here at Off the Shelf, of distinguished guests we've had here. Janice is a Chicago, Illinois native. She is also the author of the book Going Through the Door, Finding Miracles, A Warts and All Testimony. And I encourage you to click over to our website, which is goingthroughthedoor.com, and it's spelled exactly the way it sounds, G-O-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-D-O-O-R.com. So, again, goingthroughthedoor.com. And you can hop over there and spend time with Janice at our website, actually see her book cover, learn more about her, even as you listen to today's show. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Janice.
0: Well thank you very much. And I'm gonna get your book too. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you're you
1: such a you're such a blessing. Um it's just a pleasure to have you here and and what you shared. So many people I watch sometimes Doctor Phil. So many people whether I'm watching a television show or see something in the news, uh and I think about my own childhood and where I I grew up, you see people from different, from the same background. And I've had other writers say this. They grew up in a neighborhood with kids kids that grew up in the same background, same neighborhood. Yet it's the choices that we make, and I hope our listeners also glean that when they listen to uh, your feature interview here on Off the Shelf. It's not always where we start and, you hear people talk about this happened to them, this parent did this, this parent did that. At some point, we have to make a choice, and it yeah. seems to make all the difference. So that's something I really want to leave in, because I have been, i got to tell you, in areas where we may have people who tune into the show, they give up early, or they say, because my mom or my dad or where I grew up or finances, there's no hope for me, and... I, I hope this show, through your life experiences, tells people otherwise. But you, they still, we all still have to make a choice. But before we launch into the show's questions, Janice, and this is a question I ask all our guests, could you please give off-the-shelf listeners, could you tell us what life was like for you growing up in Chicago without giving the story away, because we're going to delve deeper into your questions, but just a brief introduction to uh, your background.
0: Well, yes, I can. Absolutely. Um, my mother hung herself next to my crib when I was two years old. My father found her and he was absolutely devastated begging the fireman to bring her back to life. I was um, living with an aunt and uncle. Back in the day, you know, men didn't, they, they went to work and they couldn't stay home and be a house a husband or a a father, they had to go to work, so I was sent to stay with an aunt and uncle, and my dear aunt walked in and found my uncle trying to molest me at the age of three and a half. So then I ended up uh, moving from there for quite some time, and when I did have to go back, they kept him far away from me. But life was not easy. I found out my mother killed herself walking to school at the age of five when some kids enlightened me. Went through several marriages, bouts of drugs, God saved my life so many times. I'd thank him real quick and then reject him, and sometimes I wouldn't thank him at all.
1: Mm. But uh, he has
0: blessed me immensely, and I'm so grateful that, as you said before, we we can't go through life blaming. Uh, it's not how we we start our life. It's how we finish it. And with God, all things are possible.
1: Yes, yes. Can you, was Chicago itself, was Was Chicago the city it was was the crime the way it is now? Was it was it was it more calmer? the city as a whole? Did you grow up? In, and I know the South Side's always historically from mobs to the day, different gangs been bad. Was it was it that way when you grew up, or was was it the crime not as bad?
0: Well, it, the crime wasn't as bad, and people would sit on their porch, and the kids would go home when the streetlights would come on, um, and you know it was a real enlightening time. Um, I was very privileged to see Dr. Martin Luther King lead a march through the neighborhood that I grew up in and uh, you know one of the things that struck me was there were all these people in the street and they were so peaceful and and I and I look at that and and I said to myself why are there so many police you know because they were surrounded with police with blue helmets there to protect him, and 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 it was the most peaceful thing ever and I see now you know protests and people getting hurt and all this violence and it really is heartbreaking because I think um uh, you know, people have got, we've got to start reaching out and getting our children to church and, and teaching respect and, and, and going uh, going through that door. We've got to start going through that door called mm-hmm. parenting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. What did you dream of becoming when you were a child, uh, Janice?
0: Well, a nurse for some time. A nurse was uh, one of the things that I wanted to be. Also wanted to own a ranch, <laughs> which was uh, I wanted a horse. I ended up having a couple of horses at one time, and never realized okay. how much. Work they were. How much? How much
1: work they are? Oh yeah, yes. that wasn't
0: my children would have. Children. My,
1: ah, that's one of my childhood dreams, and I always said I would have three horses. but you are telling me, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I dear, there's a bumper sticker you can get that says, "Poverty is owning horses." Wow.
1: Ah, uh, well, you've enlightened me. <laughs> one rider. <laughs> Who, be be careful passed. what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. One writer whose mom passed, she's an author friend, her mother passed when she was six months old. I can't remember anything past five. And then her father passed when she was six years old. And she said she she felt invisible. She actually went to live with her aunt. Her first aunt she lived with was nice, and I think she passed, and then the second aunt wasn't so nice. But she said she felt invisible and she works today in Canada with orphans to try to really help them. And She said people don't—they're the—they're the people who are invisible. Nobody sees the the kid who doesn't have any parents. They just—they go unnoticed. But a relative took her in. And then the following relative wasn't so kind. So when when mom when my my mom passed when I was seven, but I didn't feel invisible. I still had my dad. But I did feel as if I shouldn't ask questions about my mom, that I shouldn't talk about her or be sad. It's almost as if, just go on as if this never even happened. And I picked that up, that, that don't talk about it, don't be sad, just act like it didn't happen, from well-meaning relatives. And I'm thinking about my friend, and I had somebody, I wrote an article years ago growing up without my mom, and a lady... Said her sister passed and she was raising her, her niece and she was she was like, I don't know what to do. Can you give me some guidance? Did you feel as if you were expected at some point in your life to act as if nothing had happened after your mom passed? Like you were supposed to act like this didn't even happen? Well yes, so talk I, do.
0: About it. I do. I I agree with that because I know when I'd ask my father questions, he'd say, You have a mother now, you know, so just let that go and, um, you know, I even look at that nowadays when you look at child molestation. Uh, recently I was uh, talking with a police officer, and he says, you know, that most people of child molester molest 10 children before someone finally speaks up. Oh. So I think there is a lot of, of, of that. But uh, I just noticed that about asking about my mother's death, and I realized it was so painful for my father. So I understand that. Yeah,
1: it, that, and and that is something i never know who's going to tune into the show if if somebody's gone through that as you get older if a listener is going through that you may find somebody who you can talk to about that a, a good a good book i read years later cuz a lot of times we don't work all the way through something we just think we have uh, but a good book i read years later was motherless daughters i tell you mm-hmm. i read the start of that and i I just started heaving. I had no idea I hadn't worked all the way through that. So that's to any listener who may have their mom or their dad but it is, it is for women, motherless daughters it's the title of of the book. How were you able to keep believing in God while Well because for one
0: thing God just started getting in my face. I mean, he saved me several times and and I would give him a quick thanks and, um, it really hit me after I worked hurricane relief out of the country, how I just said, "Okay, God, you know I'm gonna follow whatever you say and I'm gonna do whatever you do and i I just went out uh not knowing what to expect, getting on planes praying and and following and he and he put everything in place and so you see, um I think that God never gives up on us; we give up on God, we let people drive us from churches and another thing I wanted to say in there too um Denise is that when we are seeking advice we need to turn to God's people because when we're not talking to God's people we're we're getting advice from the world out there and it's not always good advice so we you know we we seek God's counsel first and we go to him you know ask and you and you will receive and it it comes true with uh you know the other side of the coin where if you want if you want to do bad things and you're looking to do it you're going to find it but uh Yes. yes Yes. So all do all the challenges
1: that you went through. You just it, it, you kept believing. I think about Abraham and Moses, Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. the people who I'm talking years of challenge. And you because, and these when you almost want to quit something, did something happen in your life to reassure you that God was still with you? Is that what kept you going, for, moving forward?
0: Absolutely. Um, several things happened. For one thing, the gift of speaking in tongues that I thought was really not real. I really thought that that was something that was just people, you know, made it up. And when it happened to me after I had my heart clean at that altar, I was just so amazed I wanted to go and call the newspapers. Um, Certainly the fact that when God touched me after I had the abortion, when uh, all of a sudden he froze time with me in that room, that, that was a huge moment um all the people that he put in my life that kept coming uh, all these things played in and so you see it took me but it took me a long time and i i love to see people get it quicker that that god is there for them and they need to turn to jesus you know they need to reach out to jesus and 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 pray, when we look at how much time do we spend gaming or talking to our friends or doing whatever, and how much are we really giving to God, and are we just praying for what we need, or are we praying thanksgiving? Are we um, praying, you know, that we're repenting for what we've done? What what are we giving them? How much time does God get? Does God just come into your um, home or into your life on a Sunday for an hour, or, do you bring him in every day do when your child comes home from school, do you ask how school went, and let's pray about that? Let's give that to God? let's thank him or let's tell him about your problem
1: Yes, no, no, I also wanted to ask you, Janice, was your father active in your life, and I'm asking because during the sixties, fathers weren't as involved in their kids' right. lives as they are today was he was he did he stay active in your life?
0: Yes, he really did. My father, you know, my father struggled. My father prayed every day. My father um, had to work and support my brother and I, and he dealt with alcoholism because, you see, when he came home and he found my mother like that, that that just tore him apart. Oh, yes. Yes, and every Christmas... We would have a Christmas where the tree would get knocked over and presents would get broke because someone would give my father a bottle of whiskey for Christmas. You know how that would go. And so Christmas would fall apart. And it wasn't until I was about 18 and saw um, some information about my mother, and Christmas Day was her birthday. And finally he told me that on Christmas they, they didn't have any money back in the day, and so they would go walking and looking into windows, picking out what they would buy for each other when they did have money. So, you know, he struggled with that, but he was such a good man. You could not, my father never accepted any so-called deal from anybody. Hey, Harry, look, at, I I found this, uh, you know, this fell off a truck. No, my father was, his honesty and integrity was huge, but he did suffer from drinking. Mm.
1: Now, was it just your brother Ronnie and you, or did you have other siblings?
0: My sister Lori was born, uh, she, technically she's my stepsister, but um, she's my sister, and uh, she was born 11 years later, but it was Ronnie and I, and it was hard for him because he remembered my mother. He was um, four years old at the time, five years old, almost five. Oh. So he remembered her, and it was very hard. And one of the um, hard situations, you said back in the day when kids had, where there were gangs. Well, there were gangs of kids, but not like they are now. But one, one day my brother was just duking it out and fighting with another kid while I was standing there crying, and the, the boy's mother came out, and, and she said, what What are you doing? And she pulled my brother off of him, and he said, Mike called my sister Janice and I orphans. And she was horrified. She said, Michael, where would you hear that from? And he said, from you, Mom. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Something- but see, and that's where the children that told me my mother hung herself heard it from, their parents, little kids hearing parents talking. And, of course, then there's always that little stigma, well, do you really want your children to play with her?
1: Isn't it something? Yeah. It's, it's amazing, it's amazing. You, when the, the things you, 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 when you tell people some things you experience, they can't believe it. I know when my mom passed, when we went to school, a, a little girl came up to us and actually teased us and laughed and said, yeah, you guys mm-hmm. don't, don't have a mom, you got the only kids in the school that don't have a mother. It, it you, you, Who knows where meanness in, in us comes from, but we have to decide to, to do better, and a lot of that does, uh, kids pick that stuff up in the home. They might hear their parents say something, see something on TV, because kids are so impressionable, and then they go and repeat it because they think it's funny or they think it's cool. Exactly. Now, you, 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 Janice, you write as if you're talking with the reader. Your writing is, a lot of books you read, uh, especially with people who are avid book readers, the, you can even though the writer, you, what you connect with is the character in the story generally, and you can see the writer's craft and talent at work, reading your book, it, it, uh, uh, it's, it felt like you're actually speaking with the reader, like the reader's sitting next to you and you're just telling them your story. Um, I wanted to ask you, how were you when you started writing, not just on this book, but how were you when you started writing, period, and why do you think your, your writing style is so open and candid?
0: Well, you know, I, I always liked to write. I, I loved my English class, and, and but I never really took any creative writing classes at all. So I, I would write things down young, but never wrote anything uh, of consequence. I always felt I had a book inside of me, and I was actually going to write the wrong kind of book, Okay. <laughs> And God kind of said, no, you're, well, he didn't just kind of say, he said, you're not going to write that book. And then I'd say, yeah, but I could write it under an assumed name, you know, and and he'd say, no, you're not going to write that book. So, um, and he told me to write it in the way like I'm having a conversation. I wish I could have added my waving hands on the pages because I always talk with my hands. Um, and the, that's one of the reasons I didn't let uh, our the publisher of my book use their editor. I let someone that knew me, from the age of eight, and he was 21 at the time, and I had hit him edit it because I wanted it to be that conversation. So many times when people are giving testimonials, they say, well, yeah, and I went through this little bad time, and now I found God, and I, we got to put it all out there. And so I wanted someone that knew me before and after.
1: Mm. Okay. Um, now, when you were 12 years old, I have to ask you this, and then this is just probably general curiosity as we go into more of your story, and let people who, again, like I mentioned at the start of the story, sometimes I've heard people say this in church, that some of us go through hard things, the Lord uses us to, to be an example for others who keep coming up with excuses because something happened to them while they won't make a better decision or go forward. So when you were 12 years old, a lot of times when something hard happens, we're like, I'm just not going to deal with it. What made you decide to ask how your mother passed? You knew she passed. Why would you, why,
0: why would you want to get details on it? Well, because I, I actually wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth. I wanted to hear it from my father. I wanted to hear history of my mother. I had nothing, you know. Uh, I had that card and a picture. But I needed some history. Nowadays, you know, you certainly want history for your health uh, for health reasons, but I wanted to know because you see, I didn't really feel any great loss or longing because I was so young. I mean, I hated that kids would be cruel to me about it. I felt terrible for my father, but I didn't have this great loss, so I wanted to know more and and be able to feel something. I hope that yeah. makes sense
1: no no and it does to to want to know more about and thankfully you were given more information i i i'm in interviewing you i got to tell you because my mom passed when i was 7 years old i know uh,
0: that was
1: hard I, I can see i can see similar similar i mean just things were things you, that you're saying how a lot of times people want you to go on as if Nothing happened, and it happens with a lot of different things in life. When something happens, when somebody else struggles to deal with it, you had mentioned, like, child molestation. For some people, that's that. Some people, it's domestic violence. Just act like it's not going on because I don't want to deal with it. But we have to. We have to, and I, and I, I compliment you on the courage to ask to get more details. Can you share three to four miracles? that you've experienced so far in your life? And how can somebody tell, Janice, when something's happening that it's the hand of God and not what people call just a coincidence?
0: Well, first off, I believe that little voice inside of you is the voice of God, okay? They call it a conscience, and I call it God. And um, the second thing is is that you, you want to hear some miracles from the past or some recent ones, because I've had a lot of them happen. Um, in In my... In front of my book, I wrote, uh, may I live, Verna, May I Live to See You Baptized. And she started Bible studies out of the country, and she decided she wanted this baptism. And so uh, we were so excited. And the night, I think it was the night before she was to be baptized, her husband came to her, and he was livid. And he said he forbid her to be baptized. He was going to he was uh, stop drinking. He was going to go back to drinking, but he forbid her to do this. And she came over, and she was crying. And I got upset, and I said, Wait a minute, we're... We need, to, we need to pray, and we need to pray against the enemy. This isn't your husband, Paul, doing this. This is the enemy that's trying to stop you from being baptized. And we prayed, and we prayed, and the next, uh, she came over that morning, and Paul had changed his mind. God answered that prayer, and that was a miracle. I've, I've just witnessed several healings. Those are definitely miracles. Albert Einstein once said you could believe everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle, and uh, he preferred to believe everything was a miracle.
1: Wow. Yeah, because a lot of times you hear people say it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. And I think, and and this is where your your life is such a blessing, because you've overcome so much. When bad things happen to people, that's really when they do doubt God. And then you you say you you've had these miracles, and then set up calling them coincidences.
0: No, no coincidences. You were. I just had one recently. Um, I hadn't been to Boston in a long time and my husband was going down there to visit friends and I wasn't too keen about going because, um, you know, I don't drink and I I don't sit around and and go and party. So I said, I really don't want to go. But all of a sudden it was like God said, you need to go to Boston. So I flew to Boston. The men all went fishing. The first day we were in Boston, the ladies all wanted to go to Salem, you know, where they had the witch trials. And I said, boy, mm-hmm. Jesus isn't going to like this. I was a guest at the house. So I went and I texted my daughter Tiffany and my friend Renee and uh, asked them if they would pray for me so that they would pray uh, that I was surrounded by the Holy Spirit and that I would not compromise my faith in any way. Well, things didn't go too bad. I was feeling great and I'm walking and then all of a sudden uh, I, we go on this history walk. And there was a young lady, a young girl, maybe maybe 22, 23, and she kept looking over at me and she'd smile. But, you know, people feel the Holy Spirit in you. I can tell you they're drawn to it. And I'd smile back at her. And at the very end of the walk, the uh, tour guide stopped and she said, Well, I just want to um, announce to everybody that I am a witch. And I said, And I just want to announce to everybody that I'm a born-again Christian. And she said, well, I don't believe in God, and I really don't believe in the devil, and I'm a witch. That, And I said, well, I believe that Satan is real, and Jesus Christ is my Savior. And boom, the minute I said that, that young girl came over to me. She said, I, I never, don't even know why I went on this walk today, but I felt compelled to go on it. I'm traveling, you know, up to 18 different areas. And so I went on this walk, and I kept feeling drawn to you. And there she and I were standing in the middle of the street of a square praying next to a graveyard in Salem where there was a home of the witch trials. And the next day I received a message from a friend that um, we play Scrabble on the internet, never met in real life. He was in the hospital with cancer. He had 12 12 more treatments as of August 25th. And so I took a ride over to the hospital, never met him before, took a ride over to the hospital, asked our Uber driver um, to take me there. He asked why and I told him, now my Uber driver who's from, Haiti is praying and and talking about Jesus and, and his sacrifices, so filled with the spirit, get to the hospital, go up there, and the day before, now this was on the 30th, our prayer team was praying for this man. I go in there on the 31st, he is very, very fearful. I talk with him, pray with him, lay hands, pray, leave. He had his scans on September 2nd, and the tumor's gone. The cancerous wow. tumor and his gone. He still needed twelve treatments as of as of August twenty fifth. And as of September second, the tumor was gone. He I think they're stopping the chemo. I think he's still gonna take some radiation. But you see, all blessings come from God. We're just we're just vessels. And that Holy Spirit right. fills us. But I was sent to Boston for a reason, and it wasn't to eat lobster. And I don't drink champagne. And I don't tuna okay. fish. So God sent me there, and this is what I was supposed to do: meet that girl in Salem, and go to that hospital and pray, and meet that Uber wow. driver because he lifted me up. You okay, know the okay. Haitian. The okay. Haiti is a very, very poor country, and uh, they have strong faith. You know, and 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 he he just really, really lifted me up. We have to remember that. You know, people have as much as we've struggled, we still have had food on the table. There's so many people that don't oh, have. Oh, wow, that's
1: food. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. What? Can you tell us about some of the event some of your life experience that you cover in going through the door finding miracles
0: awards and all testimony well yes I'll tell you about the man in the airport I was in Seattle and I had like a six a m flight so we went to the airport i went to i was dropped at the airport okay I was by myself and I was at the airport at four a m and I saw a man sitting all by himself and he looked to be i don't maybe thirty thirty five and he looked very sad. Now I'm, a, I'm all by myself, there's nobody around, there's nobody behind the ticket counters. So I was drawn to him and I walked over to him. And what I did is uh, I sat down next to him. And I said, hey, let me show you some videos from my um, iPad. I always always recorded my granddaughter's dance videos. I was trying to break the ice. And then I asked him, I said, why are you so sad? And he said, my father just died and I'm on my way to Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, to support my mother, and I'm so very sad. And he said, and I, I just, um, I, I want so badly to help my mother. And I said, and, and I said, well, you know, you, you believe in God? He said, well, I kind of walked away from God. And I said, well, God's never left you. You might have left Him, but He didn't leave you. And we sat there talking, and he said, God always sends His people, don't they? And I said, yes, He does. <laughs> and then he said to me, he said, you know, I always thought of myself as a Christian warrior in the past. And I said, well, you are. I said, so just turn back. And he was smiling, and here we are at 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, if you think about it, what woman's going to go and sit next to a man
1: all alone in the <laughs> airport?
0: But you know what? That's the other thing, too. I think some of the things that God's put in my, my life has made me bold in that area. And, you know, we do have to go out and reach out to others. We can't wait till people come through our church doors. And welcome. And we got to get out true. there on the street and talk to people. We got to go and have open air prayer fests and uh, see who's really hurting.
1: That's true. That's true. How old were you when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? And what, what was that experience like?
0: Well, I'll tell you. I believe Jesus was always real. Okay, I believed that. But as far as really accepting Him now, really accepting Him, um, I went through. I went through my confirmation. You know, I was actually a Sunday school teacher back in my old church. But on, I will say that on uh, 2004 is when I realized I needed to be born again and I wanted to go under that water and be baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, I, wanted, I didn't just want to hear baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I wanted to hear the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which was Jesus. There is Jesus. And so I felt that I needed to because of all the things that I have done in the past. Because as a child my parents had baptized me and that was that wasn't my choice I and I didn't really have that much sin on me but so I made that decision now I still was sinning I still did things wrong but once I started really tuning in with God and and I think once I listened to him because I put off writing that book for a while but once I listened and did it my walk with him intensified and but i I think that getting baptized and the day that I did speak in tongues was because I had a lot of people to forgive that it hurt me, and I put it all aside And I, I think sometimes when we, we're crying in church, we're washing our heart clean You know, we're standing in, mm-hmm. uh, up, up there at the altar crying, and we're trying to wash all that bad stuff away And that's the mm-hmm. place to do it Boy, you go to an altar call and give it to God, there's nothing like it Now, have you ever thought, Janice,
1: with your, with your experiences, your past not just something that you would study in school in like a psychology class or a theology or a seminary, but something that you've lived through, not just through studies and working with other people and doing research work, but actually lived through. Have you ever thought about working with girls who grew up without their biological, their biological mothers? They may be adopted, orphans, put in foster care, and they're struggling. Have you ever thought about working with you know, young girls who are going through struggles due to the fact that their mother isn't there.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm here, I uh, before I was baptized, my daughter Tiffany was a homeless child, and I, had, I took her, uh, just came to me that I was going to help this child, and she was 16 years old at the time, and she is the blessing of my life. I love my children. God has blessed me with my wonderful sons, Rudy and Michael, and blessed me with this daughter after I couldn't have any more children. So that's where it started, and, and it was a wonderful experience. And, I mean, I'm trying to reach out every day. God sends people to me, whether it's someone suffering from anxiety, recently working with someone, uh, a man that did six years in prison, working with him. He's getting ready to be baptized. Praise Jesus. Um, Anybody that God sends my way, I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk to people in Target, grocery stores, anywhere. I wear my little button that says, ask me about Jesus. And uh, so I i am drawn. I'm happy to work with girls. I'm happy to work with anyone God sends to me. And I'll tell you, there has not been uh, uh, a, um, a lax, uh, you know, the, the people are showing up. They're coming. I'm meeting God's people everywhere. And, um, and these are people that God wants to be helped, you know, these people that really have not had it easy, and he wants us to reach out to. Mm-hmm. And I'm, in fact, right now, I'm, I'm reaching out to a young girl in Jamaica. We're doing it through Facebook uh, Messenger, and she's struggling because, you know, she, she wants to feel like she's loved, and she's far in the mountains away from a, a church uh, that she could go to, and... Everybody wants someone to love them, and then they start making bad choices when they have to realize that there's nobody's going to ever love them as much as our Savior. Jesus is ultimate love. Can we just talk about
1: that, that for a minute? Uh, you, you're at a place now where you've learned from mistakes, and a lot of us, as not all, but a lot as we get older, we start to learn from our mistakes. And I Always when you see somebody who's young and they just don't know yet, they just don't know, maybe a guy says, I love you, or somebody tells them they love yeah. him, they end up in a relationship that is maybe abusive, or some women have gone to jail for doing criminal things because their boyfriend. Right. Or, or even a woman encouraging a guy to do something wrong. But we all do want love. That's at our core. But when you're young, sometimes you just don't notice somebody's lying to you. Are there any signs that you could share with listeners that, yes, it might feel good? This person, you might think they're going to be there with you forever. And it's just not, that's just not the case. Are there any signs that could help a young girl or a young, a young man avoid some future hurt?
0: Oh, absolutely. First, listen to that inner voice in you. The inner voice isn't going to lie. Do not listen to your feelings, okay? Feelings do not have any intellect. Uh, so many of your friends will say, go with what you feel. Well, no, that's hormones. Don't go with what you feel. Ask them, invite them to church. Take them to church to meet your pastor. Take that person, whether it 's a male or a female, but you you have to start listening. We cannot one of the things, and, and I think especially as women, we take we look at someone and we project in our mind what we want that person to be, and we start molding them around in our mind instead of seeing what's absolutely in front of me. I remember when I was very young and I was getting married, I said, "You know, I know he drinks a lot, but once we 're married, he won't do that Oh." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean this was just I was so naive but again god is telling you when you feel that this isn't right you you know you you got to listen to that voice and and seek the counsel of people that are following god do not seek the counsel of i'm I'm not trying to knock anybody in the list I'm going quoting from the bible do not seek the counsel of fools you have to right. you you want wise Take it to God. Pray about it. If you start reading your Bible every day and just having a relationship with Jesus, doors are going to open for you all over the place. Your life is going to change drastically. I fail every day. I make mistakes every day. I ask my kids. They'll tell you. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, as Paul said, we die daily. And so we yes. do need that relationship with, with God. And, and ask him. Don't pray to God and say, send me. Send me that person. Say, Lord, show me what you want me to do. Show me where you right. want me to. go. And you know, even for some
1: a young girl who might, or, or a young boy who might not be, in in, in church that don't follow your feelings. I, I, when you think no. about young, when you think about young people, they're new to the world. They just you're brand new to the world, and maybe their parents aren't even setting good examples. You see it every day. I don't know how many kids fall through cracks. So you don't want to follow just your feelings, like what you said. And I've heard other people say that. Listen to that still small voice in you. It might not make logical sense, but don't ignore it. And then go and, and definitely, like when somebody keeps trying to encourage you to do something, come on, let's do this, let's go. You can pump the brakes. If they, like I gotta tell my yes. son if somebody tries to encourage you to do something that it's going to be harmful now or in the future, that's not your friend anyway. So just say no. That you might get laughed at. You might get teased. You might be ostracized. But years later, your life might be further ahead because you didn't do it. So that that's exactly, like I call that way.
0: shutting the water off. Time to shut the water off. Yeah, to, it's hard time to when to sh- you it's thinking. It's
1: see, we're both younger. We're older, Janice. It's harder when you're young, though, because when you're young, that peer pressure can really, really seem strong. Where you you're like, if if my friends. If I don't do this, my friends are going to make fun of me. When you're young, that's a big deal. When you're older, it's not. But when you're younger, it means, it's everything. So your, kids do stuff they don't even want to do because they don't want to be ostracized or a, an outcast. But still, just turn away. Just turn away. I care, buddy, you, you, you'll be very glad that you did. Years from now, you just have to say no, and I just have to be the I one out. What, what process did you use, Janice, when you were writing, going through the door, finding miracles, awards, and all testimony? Did you, did you start out like writing like in a journal? Did you use an outline? What was the process you used to, to create the book?
0: Well, first I started writing down the things that happened, pen and paper, writing down these miracles. And then what I did is um, I just started writing on my computer, you know, just going in there and writing and and uh, my experiences down. And I got to tell you, it flowed very, very easily. It it just kept going, and uh, I didn't have a problem with it. But I would only write when I felt peace around me. I wasn't going to say, well, today I have to sit down and I have to write this. Today I have to go and get on the computer. I should get this done. I've been t- waiting too long. And I mean, I it it took me um, I think maybe four months. But that was in through a whole year because I would only go when I felt like um, like I was to do this. And I think God was really well. I know God was directing everything. I got to quit saying I think I know He was directing me to do this. So it took you about four months I, I to write. I just picked it book. up on the computer. Okay,
1: and you just started writing. You started chronicling different miracles that had happened, and that's how you got got to the book. What What is your family said about? going through the door, finding miracles, awards, and all testimony, because they're in here in the story.
0: Yes, Uh, they are.
1: But what what type of feedback, what did they say to you about the story?
0: Well, let me tell you. um, First off, my daughter said, I can't believe you put that picture of me in my karate uniform in the book. (laughs) But she loved loved the story about her. And I'm going to tell you this, too, um, Denise, there's things I didn't put in the book because I was not, though I was dragging myself through the mud, I was not going to, drag uh, my children through the mud you know, for things that have happened with me with their fathers. I was not going to go there. Um, My son Michael was proud of me, and actually uh, one of his friends saw the book over by his house and picked it up, and she happened to see the chapter about owls. She loves owls, and she started um, reaching out to me with her anxiety, and we started praying more, and she was baptized just a few months back. In Jesus name, okay. Th- Rudy, he's he's always been supportive. You know, he uh, there's a great letter that he wrote to me in the back of the book, and he's been very, very supportive. So they they understood, and you know, they all they all um kind of said, boy, did you have to put that in there? But um, they understood <laughs> why. And Tiffany, you know, especially if anybody's life was opened up, it was Tiffany's because you know she had been homeless, but. This, to me, showed other people. You know, we have to show other people, okay, you had an abortion, you can make it. You you, you almost died, you can make it. You had this happen, you're, you know, you had somebody kill themselves. Yeah. You can make it, you can make it. And Tiffany is such a tower of strength, walking in the faith, uh, that I had to put her story in.
1: Oh.
0: I didn't, yeah, and by the nice. way, I didn't ask anybody's permission either. I'll tell you that right now. I just wrote it. I didn't say, hey, do you mind if I write about you? It was like, hmm. I, the only one I did ask were some other people. I said, I'm going to write about you. Is that okay? And they said yes.
1: Did, did anybody reading the book who had known you for years, did they say to you, did they see you in a different light? Like, wow, I didn't know you thought that, or I didn't know that. Did, did any Was anybody, like, surprised, like, oh, my God, I didn't know that, or I yes. didn't know you felt like that or felt that way, or?
0: I heard from so many people. I didn't know you were going through that. I didn't realize all this had happened. Um, I heard from people that I went to kindergarten with. Um, lots, wow. lots of guys. Wow! Oh my goodness. Guys. And then I also, you know, Amazon. I, I've got. I think I got. I am carrying five stars on the review there, and I can tell you, a lot of the reviews are just really, really phenomenal. They they were they appreciated that I really put myself out there, because. Yeah. um you know, you can relate then. And, and and I think one person said it helps them start to realize that they have miracles in their life. And another person said, you're making me rethink my whole um, outlook on, on God. i got to start looking into my faith. And I will say this. It's not about pushing any church on anyone. You go where you feel God. You go where you feel God's presence. You walk in a church and it's feeling dead and you just want to sit there and look at your phone, find another church. Go, yeah. in, go into a church where you can feel God's presence.
1: Right. You know no. Like again, the God within. You know, Christ is the kingdom of heaven is within. Amen. You, you. Th- that's where those promptings are going to come from. So yeah, pay pay attention not to what we see on the outside, but but yeah, what what you feel agreeing with the God within. Can you tell us about the woman who you call mom? What is she like, and how does she impact your life?
0: Oh, my mama. She's wonderful. When my, after my mother killed herself, you know, my father later on would go on a date, and when he announced he had two motherless children at home, the woman would get up to go to the bathroom and sneak out of the restaurant. And so my mother, Carolee, was from the Cayman Islands, and she didn't leave, she stayed. And I can tell you that uh, I wasn't happy. I didn't want her, sh- I didn't want to share my father with anybody. I wasn't happy that my brother thought she was phenomenal. And she came into my life, and she opened up my heart. The fact that she took us, and, and raised us and loved us. That made it easy for me to take Tiffany, and, and open my heart to Tiffany. And she, you know, she also always prayed and talked about God. My mama now has Alzheimer's and she's living back in the Cayman Islands with my sister, but um, I go to see her often. And I will tell you that she's very happy. And when I when I go to visit her, I'll sit there and read the Psalms, and she tries. She, she, she can't really articulate anymore. She tries to talk, and when she couldn't talk, she reached down, and tears were coming to her eyes, and she picked up my hand, and she kissed my fingers because she remembers the Bible. She doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know my name, but God hasn't left her. So she wow. is just a blessing. She's 89 years old, and I thank God for putting that door in front of Carolee. Lee, Leola Thompson, and her going through it and taking me as her child.
1: Wow, wow. Now we kind of touched on this earlier. One one reviewer shared this about your book. Uh, I read this book from start to finish in one evening. For many of the years detailed, I knew Janice. You never fully realized the many internal struggles she was experiencing. She was all. She has always been such a strong, resilient woman. Was it? when i asked you were it was anybody surprised was it your intention janice to keep the details as you were growing up was it your intention to keep the details of your life private um or did you think that it was that, that even though all these things these what we think are huge things happening to you that you thought it wasn't it wasn't a big thing or were you trying to say i just want people i want to be I, 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 a happy outlook about myself
0: well i did keep things intentionally private when i was young because they'd use it against you the kids would torment you to pieces so i tried to not bring that up during my defiant years and and drug years i used uh, my mother's suicide as one of my reasons for doing these things but remember i didn't have that great feeling because i didn't know her but i was rebelling and and just doing what i wanted didn't want anybody to tell me what to do um but the thing of it is, is that um, with close friends, I share a lot. I think my daughter always says, you don't have a filter, Mom. <laughs> and that's true, and I think that's a good, I do, because I, you know, you, you really want to be honest with people. And and uh, so I I just really didn't try to make myself an enigma or just hold too, too much back. But during my young years, yes, you know, I, I was tortured enough in school <laughs> My maiden name was Fink. You go through school with the last name of Fink, and that's not easy, I'll tell you. Oh
1: God, you, you, <laughs> I don't know why kids. It's like a tradition, kids to do things with your name. They do things. I, I gotta tell you, you wonder where where does this all all spring from? You you struggled. I have two friends who struggled with drugs. One, she's a, a the secretary of the church I used to go. Too. I moved, so I don't go there anymore, but it, the stories are resilient when you hear people because sometimes people will say, oh, you can never get over this, or whether it's drinking or whatever, and then you know people who have, not that it's not something you have to work at, but that you, you do get over it. Are, is there any advice you could share with somebody who is struggling with, it could be a food addiction, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be some other type of of an addiction. Some people have a hoarding where they just, you're struggling with something because you're using it to deal with something else. Is there any guidance or advice you could give to somebody who's struggling with that now, especially if they're still trying to hide it?
0: I I definitely, uh, first off, seek help. First, seek help from your Savior. Um, I read um, Eric Clapton, the guitarist, his autobiography and he tried everything to kick heroin he was uh... struggling he went to a few rehabs and finally one day he threw himself on his knees and he just asked god to help him he threw himself down and he walked away from everything he walked away from the drugs but seek help first first go to your savior humble yourself submit to him really ask him ask him to show you and send you directions go to those programs and reach out there are people there to help you Um, you know, you, you can't do this alone. We all you know, we always think I used to think I could fix anything and that was just a band aid. Every time I tried to fix anything it was putting a little band aid on for about five seconds and then it all fell apart. So we we do need we do need help and we have to not be afraid. Now, would I share this with um, what I'm going through with people that are doing the same stuff? No. No. And I and I'll tell you also, ask God to send you his people. You, you have to walk away from some people that are in your life that are taking you down that path, and it gets lonely. And you ask God, send, send me your people. Send me people that are going to uplift me. Don't don't send me people that are going to bring me down. And I'm going to tell you what else we can do. We can also pray. Pray to God to take things away. Take this from me, Lord. Mm-hmm. I I tell you, we have had many people healed of alcoholism. I am not knocking any 12-step programs or, or AA at all, but I'm saying that people that have come to the altar and walked away from it, you know, that day, um, you know what the funny part is? I said twelve step program. We sure never need any help for anybody uh, to call anybody to help us to sin, do we? It just comes so natural.
1: Yeah. Think yeah. about it. <laughs> you
0: help me stop drinking. Help me stop doing drugs. Hey, can you help me? I need to sin more. Nope. We we do that just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know
1: what? And 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 yes, asking for help. When you think about it, when you think about creation. It says God created us because God wanted something to communicate with. There's no way you're not gonna live a good life all by yourself. Whatever you're trying to do in life, you're going to have to reach out to somebody else. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's starting a business. I don't care right. if it's you want to. You're going to have to reach out. It's like the 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 foundation. So trying to do it all by yourself. Give that up, and then when you said asking, like Eric Clapton asking, and I know Ray Charles did the same thing. Right. You have to ask sincerely, though. I will. I will say that not just asking and giving lip service. It has to be with sincerity, and when you do do it with sincerity or conviction, you can feel it in yourself. Like you, you'll know. I ask, this time. I ask sincerely, and that's when you're going to see the results. That that's from my experiences in life. When you ask for things sincerely, you get the results. If you just say it out your mouth, uh, you might not get. You might not see results from that. Janice, as we come down to the last nine minutes of today's show. Can you tell us, who are some of the writers? You, you're you now a writer. I know you may not, I don't know if you see yourself as a writer, but you're someone who's written a book who's inspired others. Who are some of the writers who inspire you, and what is it about their work that you appreciate the most?
0: Oh, I love John Steinbeck. I loved his books, um, Mice and Men, uh, um, Grapes of Wrath. You know, they showed people back in a time period, uh, they had—they had. Everybody's got things to struggle. I don't care what time period that you—you you are born in. And they showed people that have went through hardships. And and he gives his characters such a flavor that you know them. Um, one, I don't care for John Grisham's books because his characters always seem so one-dimensional. I also like James Clavel. He wrote *Shogun*. I—I love the history, and and uh, I like to read a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, autobiographies too. I really enjoy that and read. And I wanted to say one thing with your um, readers out there that are struggling with something, and maybe they're struggling with an addiction. Right now, you're writing your own testimony. God's not going to make that path go from A to B. You might go up that mountain, down that mountain, go sideways, go around a corner. But your testimony is being written, and you, you once you overcome these things, what a story you're going to have to share with others.
1: Wow, yes, and and encourage others. And we have to just meet up with the people that God wants us to meet up with and let him lead the way. But do you have plans, yes, do you have plans, Dennis, to write another book?
0: I have a lot of people asking me that, and I've got a lot of things I could add into it because so many things, like I say, have happened. And I'm looking, you know, right now we're sending um, little mailings across the United States to churches because, first off, I want to say this. I have not profited one penny from that book. In fact, all proceeds I donated to my church because they were going through um, a renovating and they found mold and so it became very expensive. But, I mean, even the cost of the book, nothing has been written off. And I had to laugh because my husband said, wait, you're you're not even taking, subtracting your cost of doing all this? And I said, no. And he goes, so we're paying the taxes on everything and your church is getting all the money? And I said, yes. (laughs) So, please, uh, you know, this is... My my biggest reward, my biggest royalty, is when people come to Jesus, and if they are baptized in Jesus' name, praise God. That that's nothing makes me happier.
1: Yes, 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 because that's that's new life. Now, if you wrote a novel, Janice, what would that novel be about?
0: Oh my gosh, a novel? Let's see. I I guess I guess I'd like to write like a thriller. You know, I, I love the okay. Left Behind series. They were kind of thrilling, but um, they they were you know very insightful. And uh, I, I guess I would love to write something historical with with a thriller and always putting God in there, always bringing Jesus in, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I gotta bring him in the
0: door. Yes, L- I love
1: your book cover. Who designed? Oh, thank you. You know what?
0: I wanted that cover to um I you know going I didn't want it to look like I'm going through a door and there's rainbows and unicorns and sunshine going through a door is scary. In fact, somebody said, boy, that looks like Poltergeist. <laughs> and I said, well, no, it's not from the movie Poltergeist. But I wanted to show that you don't know what's behind that door. But you make that move and you go through it. You follow where God's sending you. Don't slam yeah. it shut.
1: No, and even
0: though you don't, yeah,
1: you're right. But you, you looking back can see, it look. It sounds like looking back, I think uh, it's, which when people have an opportunity in front of them and they don't know how it's going to go. It sounds like your story you just kept doing things whether it was the right choice or the wrong choice <laughs> and somehow you you it, you ended up in a very very good place which praise God for that. Have you heard from any youth who are who are living with only one parent who read your book, young, a young person, I'm talking a teenager or preteen? And if so, what, what have these young people been saying about your book? Oh, I
0: just recently talked with a young man in Jamaica, and he says, you know, your book helped me so much. He said, my mother scrubs floors for a living, okay, she, and she puts every penny to help me be better. And in my school, everybody in my school is basically Rastafarian. And he said, I don't have time for that. He said, when I go to class, I want to be the first one there when my, my teachers come in. I'm here to get an education, and he said, sometimes I'm very lonely, and and he said, your book lifted me up, um, yes, I've heard from young people, um, the young lady that I told you about that, about the owls, I think she's only 24, I hear from a lot of young people, Um my granddaughter, Lily, started reading it. And I said, you know, I, she's only 12, but I said, you know what, it's a good thing for her to read because she needs to know family history and she needs to know the mistakes her grandmother made. We have to be able to admit we make mistakes. We can't go through life saying do as I do, or, do as I say, don't do as I do. We have to right. We have to change that. Yes. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get a
1: copy of your book, Going Through the Door, Finding Miracles, Awards and All Testimony, Janice?
0: Well, they can go to zulonpress.com, x-u-l-o-n press, p-r-e-s-s dot com, or they can get it on Nook, or iBooks, or Barnes and Noble's website, or Amazon. I said Zulon Press first because that's the part uh, that's the one that gives my church the most money. <laughs> but they can get it on Amazon too. And please feel free to leave a review. I love reading them.
1: Is this is it in print e ebook, or just ebook?
0: It's on ebooks and print, and anybody can also send me an email at Janice Ray so uh, Sanders, Sanders at gmail dot com. So it's J A N I C E R A E Sanders S A N D E R S at gmail dot com. If they have something they want to talk about or reach out, please feel free. Do Do you have any upcoming speaking
1: engagement and, uh, engagements, and if so, can you let us know about some of your Upcoming
0: appearances Well I'm getting ready to run out of the country again And I'm going there to reach out to a friend Because her husband has to go back to Jamaica for a year You only get to work out of, out of the country In this country for seven years and Then you have to leave So I'm going out there to lift her up And um, I'm quite involved now with several people I'm looking to do another book signing But I haven't found the time to British yet Because it seems God's sending me people all over the place. <laughs> Does that make and sense? It, and I yes, anticipate it, it, speaking at other churches too. Oh, and we what we are doing now is we're sending all this information across the United States to different churches. I think we're on uh, we we've, we've sent them to Georgia. We we put a little letter with it because again, if it can help them reach somebody. Uh, you know, we want to reach the people that that feel that they they aren't they aren't they're not coming through the door they're not going through the door they're not walking through that church door so we are in the middle of mailing state by state to churches about the book and hoping that uh, it will help somebody there been very busy with that
1: and if last if you can let us know where you are on social networks if you're on any of the social media
0: um, yes we have we're on Facebook. Uh, I think it's just going through the door and finding miracles on Facebook, and I think they can send me because I recently got a uh, email from a pastor, and I think he either went through the website or he uh, went on Facebook. And you've got my email. I just threw that out there. <laughs> I guess we, if I threw my also, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was I was go making ahead. a joke. I said I guess if I threw my phone number out there, my husband would shoot me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have. We have
1: been blessed with uh, the presence of Janice Ray Sanders. She is a beautiful, through her voice and everything. She's a Chicago, Illinois native, and she's also the author of the book, Going Through the Door, Finding Miracles, A Warts and All Testimony. And you can visit her online at goingthroughthedoor.com, G o i n g t h r o u g h. T h e d o o r dot com is spelled just the way it sounds. Going through the door dot com. Please go out and support Janice Ray Sanders, the author again of the book Going Through the Door: Finding Miracles, Awards and All Testimony. We want to thank Janice for being a blessing here to 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 me and all of our listeners here. For those of you who may come in at the end of the show, and we get uh, the majority of our listeners through the archives, make sure you go back and listen to it in its entirety after the show finish streaming. As always, go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Remember, you're awesome. You are amazing. You're a huge blessing. And, and again, have a blessed day. Janice, I'll shoot you an email. And a blessing thank you to so you, much. and
0: thank God we all woke up this morning. Start the morning yes. with a prayer.
1: Thank you, and bye for now.
0: Bye-bye.